This program does not provide medical advice. We assume no liability for the information provided on MindForce Radio. Please consult your physician before beginning any exercise or nutrition program. This is Roger LaPointe, and I have known Bob Whalen for many years at this point, and he is one of the most intense individuals you will ever meet. Go MindForce Radio. From Mind Force Radio, this is Natural Strength Night with Maximum Bob. On Natural Strength Night, we don't talk about the other things Bob likes to talk about. Tonight, we only talk strength training. When I say strength training, I don't mean training like punk-ass goons in the muscle magazines who jacked up on juice, steroids, and PEDs. I mean natural strength. Strength built on good food, heavy weights, and no shortcuts. If you want to learn about real natural strength, weight training the right way, the old school way, stick around. Bob and his friends just might teach you something. He's here, the host of Natural Strength Night, Maximum Bob Whalen. Tonight's guest is Ted Harrison. I've known Ted for several years now, and he's one of the people that I respect the most in the field of strength training. That's why I wanted him on the show. I found Ted sort of by accident, really, on Facebook. He made a lot of good posts on my page, and every one of them were good, and they made sense, and I agreed with them. So that made me check into Ted's background, and I soon realized that Ted really knew his stuff. We've been good friends on Facebook for the past several years now. Ted is a high-intensity training pioneer. He owned and operated one of the very first successful Nautilus gyms in the UK back in the early 1980s when it wasn't popular and when Ted was only in his 20s. He's had a love for strength training since he was 12 years old, and he's built up a vast amount of knowledge. He's competed as a natural bodybuilder, certified as a high-intensity training specialist. He's trained thousands of clients as a personal trainer, and he has over 40 years' experience in strength training the right way, with no drugs, no fads, and no gimmicks. He now runs Vital Exercise, one of the best high-intensity training facilities in the U.K. Vital Exercise is a private, personal coaching studio where Ted trains you one-on-one. If you live anywhere near Colchester in the UK, you need to look up Ted for some great training. For more information, go to the website. It's vitalexercise.com. That's V-I-T-A-L, exercise.com. Ted, how's it going? Welcome back for round two. Well, thanks very much for having me back, Bob. I really appreciate it. Before we started recording, you were telling me some interesting things. Talk a little bit about this friend you got there. Yeah, um, I have a, there's a gentleman over here named Simon Shawcross, and he runs a, a high-intensity certification um, program and a newly launched website called the HIT Uni, so that's uh, capital H-I-T and then in small case Uni. And uh, he asked me just to have a look 
um, at the website um, to see how um, how professional and, and, if, and he wanted any feedback. And I was just so impressed oh, okay. at how much how much work he'd done on it and uh, the amount of videos, the amount of exercise demonstration, and the amount of information. Because I think um, there's a there is quite a lack in correct education, particularly in high intensity training. And I think Simon's done a great job. So I just wanted to, to let you know, Bob, and to mention him because I think someone like that who is going to educate educate future trainers into the industry, they, you know, they need our support because he's worked very hard at it. And um, you know, I think you should give him a look yourself and just just you know offer any offer him any feedback if you have it because he's he's a great guy and he deserves support. Could you again slowly? Because I, I, I didn't even get the website clearly, but slowly say the website clearly and pause between each letter. H-I-T-U-N-I dot com. Hituni dot com. We got a bunch of good questions from listeners. The first one is, in order to gain size and strength, do I really need to eat extra protein over and above the normal requirement? for my body weight and activity levels? Um, I've kind of interesting thoughts on that. Um, I think, by and large, eating uh, in excess of your um, dietary requirements in protein, a little bit, a small percentage is necessary to facilitate um, recovery from hard training, cellular recovery and, and, and shoring up the joints and tendon integrity just week to week as you're training. But I think that probably 75 to 80% of the extra protein that we all eat, by and large, is wasted. I think it is uh, over and above what the body can can use. However, the problem is that the body grows in terms of uh, muscular growth, um, size and strength in spurts. It doesn't grow linearly. It grows in spurts. And I think the problem arises that when the body physiologically needs the substrate, needs the protein, it has to be available and it needs to be available in excess of your maintenance requirements. So it's kind of like it's kind of like doing the lottery. You better you're going to waste your money a lot of the time, but you better have a ticket when it's your turn to win. And I think that is very true with in terms of muscle growth because your muscles don't grow when you tell them. You'll stimulate and then they're going to grow Either next week, they're going to grow the day before your birthday, or they're going to grow <laughs> a day before or after Christmas. They make their own mind up. But you better have the substance there necessary for them to grow when they need it. That's the million-dollar question. I think when? instinctively a lot, of, a lot of us know that. When you have an extremely hard workout, what do you want to do? You, just, you want to go have some meat or have some protein when your body's craving it. Yeah. You can't always tell but the, the problem is a lot of people eat like that all the time, even when they're not training hard, which is definitely not good. No. <laughs> no, I mean, it's calories. The proteins are calories, too. So, yeah, it's not good. 
that's why when you hear stories about some people who eat a lot, you have to remember that they don't eat that way every day. Usually yeah. when friends are visiting or after an extremely hard workout, it's like a special occasion type thing. When, you, when you're sort of going by on day to day and all of a sudden you get an immense, over and above your normal appetite, you'll get an immense craving for food. Your body's sort of right. craving and you can't seem to eat enough. And I think that is the body craving extra nutrients because it's ready to rebound, it's ready to grow. Yeah, a lot of us have that craving every day though, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here's the next one for you, Ted. How should I train my neck? if I don't have access to a four-way neck machine? Personally, I, I don't have a, a neck machine in the gym. I've used a four-way neck machine. I never really got on with it myself. I felt it very jamming on my neck, even altering the seats, you know, the seat up and down. I couldn't really get on with it. So I personally, I use a neck strap, uh, and I superset, uh, you know, extensions on the neck strap with flexion by holding a small plate with a towel on my forehead, and I just go back and forward. You know, I'll, I'll build the weights up. I'll start with, you know, um, one plate and then and then on, on the next strap and then I'll lay down on the bench and start with, a you know, one and a quarter for the, for the flexion mm -hmm. and just back and forward over three supersets and then finish with a nice... I like to lay on the bench and uh, with my head off of the bench and my chin pointing up and just twist my head from side to side after I've done three or four supersets of extension and flexion. Uh, and that oh, okay. really burns the neck, really tires it, and um, it, it, that works very well in my opinion. you ever try manual resistance? Um, I have, yeah. And, and the, the problem with that, is, as you probably know, Bob, it's finding someone to do it right. That's exactly because right. You can also do it to yourself. So I've done that before with myself. You can do your own with your one of your hands in your forehead and one of your hands in the back of your head. Try that sometimes. You can actually do it to yourself. Yeah, I'd like to try. That sounds good, yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan of training the neck. I love, I love tr finishing workouts with neck training. I think visually it's very imposing to have a great, you know, thick neck. And, um, of course, it goes without saying that it's terrific injury prevention in all areas of life, sport, you know, car wrecks, whatever you want to think. I mean, your neck is, a, <laughs> is very important. I agree. It's one of the most neglected areas. A lot of times you'll see someone that, with a very developed body but with a skinny neck, and it just doesn't look right. Yeah, absolutely. And really, if, they just, if they'd spend 10 minutes at the end of their workouts twice a week working the hell out of their neck, it, it visually right. it looks very imposing. Any contact sport, football, rugby, martial arts, hockey, anyone who's involved in any of these sports, in most sports, should be working their neck as a one of the high priorities of their training, especially if you're playing football. You shouldn't even be playing. You know, I think most people now that play football automatically work their neck, but just in case there's anyone out there who doesn't, you should make that a top priority. One of the listeners wanted to know if they travel a lot for their work, they're at hotels a lot on the road, eating out of restaurants, don't have access to their, their normal gym equipment. What type of good routine body weight exercises or dietary tips can you give them when traveling and away from home if you if you pick your three movements you've got to say you know a wall sit that you can do you just where you where you place your back against the wall and walk your feet out until your thighs are parallel to the ground and then you hold that for time that is um that is a great 
um, a great uh, movement. And actually, I think Drew Israel did did that in one of the the uh, strength conferences you had, Bob, when he was demonstrating. I think he did actually did a wall sit. Um, right. So that's a that's a great movement to start with, and then I would. I would then do push-ups, and you can. I would suggest that you do them slowly, and you know, take at least five to eight seconds going down, and the same coming up. Really, really seek a good contraction. You won't need a lot of repetitions. That's brutally hard done right. And then there's a there's a company, actually, an American company called uh, Lifeline USA, that produce uh, two little handles with like um, rubber. Um, attachments and what you do is you loop them over the top of a doorway and then you close the door you may have seen them you close the door and then you can actually do chin-ups with these little handles you know on the door and your thighs do rub up rub up and down the door but it's still a great great version of a chin-up and I mean they're they're the size of you know they're fit in your suit because they're extremely small and you know entirely lightweight so something like that would be great. So you've got a, you know a full body workout there, and then you can finish off with some um, some nice sit ups, maybe frog sit ups with your with the soles of your feet together and your legs uh, splayed apart there, so that you're isolating the abdominals. You could also add uh, slow body weight squats too. Do them slow, and um, they can really really give your legs a pretty good workout, especially if you're in a hotel room somewhere. Yeah, you don't need a lot of space, do you? It's just it's just having the motivation to do it and getting in there and doing it. Touch on a little uh, dietary tips. It it really comes down to the ditching system, doesn't it? I mean, you, if you're on the road, you can eat good anywhere, providing you ditch a lot of stuff you shouldn't be eating. You know, you can go to <laughs> yeah. the ditching system, right? You go to have a hamburger and you ditch the bum. You ditch the fries and you have a salad and you eat the meat. Um, you and you just you, you if again if if the if you if the will is there there is a way, you know um, generally oatmeal is freely available eggs are freely available, and you can pack your own your own food too. I mean the terrific pouches of tuna they do now. You know I've got I've got some in the in the kitchen here little uh, packets of tuna which are which are spiced with you know lime and salt and pepper. They're great. You know like. 20 gram hit straight out of the packet. You don't need anything. Mm. All you need is a, a plastic fork. It's not hard to eat on the road. That really is one of the easiest things to achieve, you know? Just a little bit of prep time and use the ditch system. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> I'm going to give you a chance to be Dr. Laura here. You're going to be uh, a free psychologist. Okay, the question is, I have recently broken off from a long-standing relationship. I've always worked out and kept myself in good shape, but now in the wake of a split from my girlfriend, I can't seem to find the motivation to get in the gym. I'm eating junk food all the time, drinking beer every night. Have you had any ideas on how I can regain my desire for hard training and help me break out of this funk? Well, firstly, I'm very sorry to, to hear that your relationship has uh, broken down, but I'm pretty sure that uh, a little way along the line you'll find somebody else, you know, keep you keep your head up because there's you know there's plenty of fish in the sea and that's very true um as far as your training is concerned who says you need the desire you know who says you need motivation you don't need motivation or desire you just need to get your ass in the gym don't don't wait for motivation you know we all need motivation but i would say you know in the thousands of workouts that i've had you know maybe only a quarter of them i wanted to 
I was entirely motivated to go and do, you do it because it's part of you. You know, you go and see a Rocky film, you come out, you're motivated to train. But that doesn't happen very often. You know, it's, it's a, you don't need motivation. You know, don't wait for that. Just go to the gym, don't set high standards, and just warm up. Go through a, a definite planned routine so you have a, a sense of accomplishment at the end. You know, you completed something. And just show up. Just drive. Drive to the gym yeah, or go agree. to the garage or whatever you're going to do. And it's right, Bob. You agree with that? The main thing you got to do is what you said. The main thing is showing up. That's 90% yeah. of the battle is showing up because it's so easy to make excuses. A really good quote that I had on my gym in D.C. is, Motion creates emotion. A lot of times people having problems or going through, you know, what this guy has, relationship problems or any, any kind of a problem, you know, that can make you feel down or that can, be, that can become an excuse to not train and then you're waiting to feel motivated. Well, if you're waiting, you're not going to ever feel motivated, you know. You, a lot of times you've got to move to make yourself yeah. feel motivated. So if you, if you want to feel motivated – yeah, you, you start moving, the motion will create the emotion, then it becomes a habit. But I like what you said. You also have to start slow. Just what I always tell people to make the first couple of workouts short and easy and just build up some confidence and uh, just, just build up some momentum. And uh, once you get a, just get that first workout in, build up some confidence and feel good about yourself, and then just take them one at a time and Hopefully, you'll start building up uh, your habit again of training. You'll start feeling better. I think after, I've had lots of clients who were depressed, and after one, one workout, they feel so much better. Yeah. It, yeah, I mean, you never, you never come out of a workout wishing you hadn't done it, you know, really. I mean, it's, it's a case of getting in there. And, you, you know, look at training as a, as, as a, as a friend. I mean, it can, it's, I know it has for me. I mean, it gets you through stress. You know, it's somewhere you can go. Um, I remember Sugar Ray Leonard said it, that, that training was the only time that he really knew what he was doing in his life, you know, that routine of training. Um, That's correct. Henry Rollins wrote a great, I'm, I'm sure you know that, uh, that uh, article, Bob, the Henry Rollins article called The Iron, and that is, that is a great piece of writing, and it, and it just it, it lays it out of, of, of the philosophical aspects of it, the psychological aspects of training. Uh, and it can, it, you don't need to be motivated. Just get your, get your ass in the gym, excuse my language, and, uh, and, the, and, and the training will take care of the rest. Yeah, I have that in the wall of my gym, that, that uh, article that he wrote, The Iron. That, that's one of the greatest articles ever. I love that article. Wonderful, isn't it? It really sums up how you feel about training. It does for me. I, I love the first paragraph. Just the way he opens it with that opening paragraph is just kick, kick ass. And the, yeah. the whole thing just goes right through. And that's, it's on the wall of my gym even now. I usually have all my clients, and when they have the orientation, that's part of it, is read the Henry, Henry Rollins article. That's great. For the next question, we're going to revisit something that we've been talking about with some of our previous guests, and we were going to talk about it on our last podcast before we had too much uh, sound trouble. But we're going to revisit the stretching question, which is a hot topic right now. And we, and we talked about this earlier, but I don't mean warming up, okay? We all agree that you should warm up, but there's a wide variety of opinion when it comes to stretching before strength training. And you're going to get some people like Drew who love to stretch for like 20 minutes, and you're going to get other people 
who don't stretch at all, but they still warm up. So I, I was just curious, what's your opinion on stretching before strength training? Um, unnecessary, in my opinion. It's unnecessary. After strength training, muscles are warm. If you feel it's of benefit to you, then, then, and you don't, doesn't injure you, and you feel it increases your range of motion and your amberability, then fine, do it. Personally, with myself or my clients, I don't do it. I know my girlfriend, who's a very, Lorraine, she's a very serious trainer, and she, she stretches. She stretches um, before and after, um, mm -hmm. and it's certainly doing her no harm. I never, I never had any tangible benefit from it. It didn't prevent injuries. You know, I hurt my back when I was stretching. I've hurt my back when I haven't been stretching. But I think the back pressure from leg pressing and squats exerts a tremendous amount of stretch for the lower body. And I think uh, I do dips, and they, you know, there's a lot of back pressure there. And I think you can you can get a lot of um, stretching just from correct. Uh, strength training. I, I, mean, I, I like that quote again from Dr. McGuff, Doug, Doug McGuff, where he says, just because you can get your body into a position doesn't mean to say you should. That's how I feel about it, Bob. You know, I like the foam roller. That's great. The rumble roller, the roller with the, with the knuckles all over it. I, I use that. My clients use it. But mm -hmm. stretching per se, no, I, I haven't used it for some time. I, I agree. Even though lots of my friends are big on stretching, I never have been. And it's always been more instinctive than scientific. You know, before this yeah. debate, you know, way before this debate has come around, uh, I, I kind of instinctively didn't feel like it helped me before I strength trained. Now, that doesn't mean I don't believe in stretching. I do. I think you should stretch. It's just that not before you lift weight. That's just what I feel. So, uh, but, you know, sure. lots of my best friends like Drew don't agree, but that's fine. For me, I, yeah. I usually just warm up. I do a cardio warm-up for five minutes, elevate my body temperature, and uh, do a few warm-up sets. I don't do a lot of warm-up sets either because, you know, I'm not one of these people that spend half my workout doing warm-up sets. It depends on how I'm training. I mean, if you're training for powerlifting and doing lower rep pyramid, then you have to do lots of warm-up sets because that's the workout you're doing. But if I'm doing a high-intensity type of a workout and I'm doing one set to failure with a rep range of around 10 or so, and that means I'm going to hit failure at about 10 because my weight is heavy enough so that I'm not just stopping at 10. It's like 10 is about as much as I can do. And maybe for legs, I'll be higher, maybe 20 on legs. I don't feel I need as much of a warm-up if my rep range is around 10 or above. So what I normally do would be one upper body warm-up set and maybe one lower body warm-up set, and that's it. And sometimes if I'm doing a high, a high rep set on squats, if, I'm, if my goal is 20 reps, then I don't need a warm-up at all because the first, if you're getting 20 reps, the first five or six, seven reps are like a warm-up. It's kind of a built-in warm-up because you're not really working until after you get to yeah. around 10 reps. So I think that question is, uh, it, it depends on how you train too. I think, I mean, someone like Drew is very difficult to argue with that because he's so imposing and so strong that, I mean, if he was sat down with you talking about stretching, you know, you, you'd be inclined to, to give it a shot. I think I would because you see someone like that who's obviously doing so well and is so strong. But I think also there's a lot of, um, again, psychology in this. So you, you, it's kind of like a pregame ritual and you don't feel right unless you approach the workout with that ritual you know, you have your coffee, you, you know, 
you go to the gym, you do your this specific pre which pre pre workout ritual which involves stretching, maybe a little bit of work on the bike, and everything begins to fall into place. When you when you actually um, attack the workout proper, you're ready. It's kind of like swinging the bat back and forward. You know, it's, it's, there's a lot of psychology in this stuff, isn't there? I totally agree. And it, it's what makes you feel comfortable. And it, it's also what you enjoy. I think yeah. what Drew does is great. Uh, that's why I have this question on here. And I've repeated it because I love getting the different opinions. And it just kind of shows people. It's the same with strength training. There's all kinds of different ways to train. This is just one of them. See, there's yeah. no right or wrong answer with this question. This is just to give people an idea. There's many ways of doing it. I always tell people, follow your own instincts. You have to, like, do what feels right for you. Like, if you have lots of injuries, see, a lot of people don't know this about Drew, but he, in his past, he did have lots of injuries. So he's found what works for him and keeps him from getting injured. So, you know, once you find that formula from trial and error, some people who get injured a lot will might find that, doing 15 minutes of stretching before your training might prevent you from getting injured. And that might be part of the solution for some people like Drew and that works. So they shouldn't stop. They should keep doing it. Um, other people like other people like you and me have found through t- trial and error that we get our best workout the way we do it. So that's, that's why it's good to keep a training log and listen to your body and follow your instincts. Yeah. Yeah. I agree hundred percent. Now, Ted, buddy, we get time for one more question. The question is, what speed of motion do you usually use? For myself, I don't really think about it anymore. After, you know, 40 years of doing this stuff, I, whatever, whatever exercise I'm doing, um, I just know how I want to move with it. I don't mean that to sound egotistical. I, I'm just, it's just something you... You, you you pick up over time when I've tried I've tried slow I've tried two four you know we all have done all these different m- movements but I guess if if you know someone were watching myself train then you would say he he lifts he lifts the the weight under control and he lowers it a little slowly you know I feel it on the negative and I I push it under control I'm not explosive um, mm-hmm. but, you know, I mean, sometimes when you, you know, you know yourself, Bob, if you, when you're training legs, when you, in, when you're coming up, you know, for the 17th squat, you're trying to move as fast as you can, aren't you? But you're creeping along. So the, yep. the, the weight, the weight and the fatigue is determining the, the speed of motion. So I don't really spend too much time thinking about that now. I just, with my clients, once they've got the form down, it's the same. It's the same principle: control the weight. Uh, I think a great think... technique to use for for personal training for personal trainers is just have your clients start slow. You know, start the initiate slow, and then generally the movement takes care of itself. Yeah, I agree. I, I the way I train is I let the weight take care of the speed of motion on the positive side. On yeah. the negative side, I make I make a conscious effort to not drop the weight because I mean just I make a con- conscious effort to not let gravity just let it come down. I try to let it down slower under control, and I don't necessarily yeah. have to make it four seconds. But you know, if if I was going to time it, it would be in the ballpark of three or four seconds. But I'm not timing it, so you know, down under control, up, just have the weight heavy enough so that it's not a to me, if the weight's exploding up, the weight's too light. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and you can use speed of motion for variety. That's, that's where, the, where the, the magic lies. Use it to spice up your training. You know, go slower. Right. You know, try 10-10 and, and, and do that for a while, and, it, and it'll spice up your training and give you a new outlook for a while. I agree completely. I, I do that. I've used slow. I've trained 5-5. Five, five. I've trained 8-8. Eight, eight. I've trained 10-10. Ten, ten. But for me, I usually do it as a change of pace, just like you said. When you feel stale, I'll do that for a few months. After a couple of months, I can't wait to lift heavy again. Then I go back to the way I, I normally do it. Yeah, and that's, that's, so that, and that's um, job done, isn't it? It's, it's, you've achieved what you wanted to achieve then. Right, and it's also extremely, I mean, slow training is very, very good if you're coming back from an injury. And it's also very good for older, I mean, it's good for anybody if you like it. See, you're yeah. doing this because you, I know some people who just love it and they, they love doing it, and that's great, do it. Um, but for my clients in Florida, I have a lot more older clients, and it's really good for them, uh, you know. So I've found that older people over 60, uh, when you slow the speed down a little bit, it doesn't have to be 10-10. It could be more like 5-5, five, five, but if, if you, if you uh, slow it down a little when they get older, that's also very helpful. Yeah. I mean, I think even the super slow guys now are, are, are you know, are, are saying, you know, the, the – not to not to go by the metronome, you know. Not to go by, you know. Don't try and complete the rep within a certain time frame. They're just saying move slowly, you know. They move slowly, and I think the the, the timing issue is only, you know, for for learning the protocol. And I think once that's been learned, the the limb length and machine stroke arm determines the slowness of the rep. Um, so I, I don't think even sometimes it's a little unf I hear some guys on Facebook and on the internet a little unfairly criticizing super slow because oh you have to move at 10 this way and 10 that way and I don't think that you know the more advanced super slow guys are saying that anymore you know that's good anymore that, that, that's progress because I mean uh, a while back I don't know maybe 10 or 15 years ago they were a lot not all of them but there were a lot of people in that organization that were like that so I'm glad they're getting a little better yeah, yeah. Well, Ted, we're going to wrap things up, and it's always a pleasure, and uh, thank you so much for, for being back on the show. It's a pleasure, Bob, any time. Great to be on. We'll be back with more right after this. This segment brought to you by VitalNutritionStore.com. Did you know that more than 7 million Americans suffer from coronary heart disease, the most common form of heart disease? Regardless of your age or condition, adding Cardio for Life to your daily regime will dramatically improve your cardiovascular condition. Cardio for Life has been the top-selling Enlarger 9 product in the marketplace now for more than three years. It is also the top-selling product at VitalNutritionStore.com. Formulated by Dr. Harry Elwart, the best-selling author of Let's Stop the Number One Killer of Americans Today, Dr. Harry believes together we can prevent and reverse heart disease. Cardio for Life comes in three wonderful flavors, orange, peach, and grape, and is gluten-free, sugar-free, and sodium-free. Please see our complete line of natural products at vitalnutritionstore.com. That's V-I-T-A-L nutritionstore.com. Randy Roach shocked the world with the release of his first volume of Muscle Smoke and Mirrors several years ago. It was a masterpiece of over 500 pages with such in-depth research and detail that it was not only surprising, but shocking and mind-blowing. It was truly one of the best Iron Game history books ever written. 
He followed that with Volume 2, another epic book with over 700 pages of equal depth and detail. All serious Iron Game fans need to have these books. Please visit Randy's website at randyroach.ca. That's R-A-N-D-Y-R-O-A-C-H dot C-A. Listen to how Iron Game legend and the Iron Master editor, Osmo Kihaw, describes the book Supernatural Strength. Have you ever wondered how much real-world experience authors have when they write books about weight training? Who is that person behind the computer? What do they really know about the Iron Game? If you picked up this book, Supernatural Strength, you have definitely come to the right place. The author, Bob Whalen, has spent several decades in the Iron Game trenches training himself, competing and coaching in powerlifting, earning academic credentials too numerous to mention, and thousands of hours of training and instructing athletes and trainees of all levels at his Washington, D.C. gym since 1990. He's not only devoted his life to motivating and pushing people to heights they have never been to, but elevating the trainees' understanding why certain methods work better than others. Bob is one of the most respected and revered trainers in the business today. This book is sure to surprise and amaze you at the same time. Order now at SupernaturalStrength.com. That's SupernaturalStrength.com. Don't you think it would be so much easier getting into shape if you had a personal coach? Just like all the celebrities do. Well, now you can. Bob Whalen of WebStrengthCoach.com wants to get you out of your rut and coach you to success. He's dedicated to helping you achieve your strength and fitness goals through your hard work and his expert guidance. Bob will help you with strength training, muscle building, fitness, nutrition, and motivation. He'll make sure you achieve your maximum physical potential. You can get one-on-one training with Bob through his website webstrengthcoach.com he will develop a personalized program tailored to your individual needs a program right for you bob will give you feedback after every workout this is old school fitness and nutrition no fads and no gimmicks bob will use proven natural techniques to make sure you are satisfied so visit webstrengthcoach.com today and let bob help you reach your best self webstrengthcoach.com Do you enjoy history without social engineering? Reading about our founding fathers? Economics from a capitalist perspective? Wisdom from modern patriots? Welcome to UncleSamBooks.com, where virtues like rugged individualism, hard work, and the American dream dominate. UncleSamBooks.com. Great books for homeschooling. UncleSamBooks.com. If you want to become as strong and muscular as possible with health in mind and without lowering yourself to using steroids, the best advice can be found in the classic strongman books of long ago. These are the best books ever written on the subjects of strength training, weightlifting, strongman training, iron game history, and old-time physical culture. Many of them can still be found at physicalculturebooks.com. There you will find good, Honest, time-tested wisdom from the great old-time strongmen to maximize your natural muscular and strength potential. Please visit physicalculturebooks.com. Listen to Ken Manny, head strength and conditioning coach at Michigan State University, describe the book Iron Nation, a masterpiece text on some of the most intriguing and compelling personal stories, iron game history, and gut-wrenching training routines ever put to paper. If you truly love hard training without all the frills of pomp and circumstance so common today, you will love Iron Nation. Written by lifters 
four lifters. If you love weight training, you will love Iron Nation. Order now at ironnation.com. That's I R O N nation.com. If you would like to promote your business on MindForce Radio, we would love to hear from you. Please let us know if you are interested in a 30 or 60 second voice commercial or a banner website ad. Please contact Bob using the contact information provided on MindForceRadio.com. You're listening to Natural Strength Night on MindForce Radio. Our next guest is my buddy, the human wall, Drew Israel. Drew has been on the show many times before. He is a highly respected strength coach, and he's also one of the strongest drug-free guys on the planet. Whether you want to eat 75 ounces of steak or just have a brutally hard workout, Drew is your man. Welcome back, Drew. Thank you, Bob. It's a pleasure being here. Drew, I heard you have a few machine uh, review updates for us tonight. Before, you were talking about the V-Squat. Yeah, the V squat is a great. It's a. It's a. It seems like a great machine. You know, I saw it and I originally I was a little skeptical. Uh, it has a very similar look. It has a very similar look to the Southern Exercise Squat, except the board is much more angled, so you can go. You can go all the way butt to the butt to the platform, and it completely works your hips and your thighs and hamstrings. I mean, when you get out of that machine, you don't even need much weight if you do it right. You know, you know, you just don't need much weight. You get just get plastered. So that machine, uh, that machine, I really, um, I really like. And I was thinking of, uh, you know, it's in a gym where I soared. And for me, going to a gym is a, a new experience, kind of. Because the last time I went to a gym, it was Iron Island Gym, and that was Dr. Ken. Since then, I haven't gone to gyms. I train here. So when I see a piece of equipment that I like, I really get excited about it. You know, ironically, uh, some of the pieces that um, I love, you'll never see in gyms. I don't, it, I, maybe they're in gyms, but I don't see them. I just don't see them in gyms. Powernetics. You know, the best, the best strength machine that I ever saw and used was the Dominator. That machine hits your obliques harder than any machine that I've ever used. And it just is such a power machine. You're turning and rotating your entire torso, and it gets no, you know, it, it gets it gets like totally, totally nothing said about it. And the Dominator, uh, I think, built up more strength in me than any machine that I've used. The Dominator is great, and they make these other machines that are fantastic. You know, all all driven by these thick, this thick chain. You know, it's like a ten thousand pound chain, and it looks really cool. It looks like a Harley Davidson motorcycle. You know, you get on there, and it, the thing about it is it's smooth. You're not going to get hurt. You know, when you look at it and you think, if you look at a tape of the Dominator, someone will say, well, that's going to hurt your low back. Your low back doesn't even, you, you won't even feel it in your low back when you're doing it. You feel it totally in your obliques, in your shoulders, in your pecs, in your traps. It's really fantastic. So that's a machine, with, with the V-Squat, that's a machine that I highly recommend, and it's very underrated because people just don't know about it and they don't talk about it. But it's, 
It's fantastic. And the other Powernetic stuff, you know, they make a thing called the Attacker. It, you know, it's a football machine. You get down on the three-point stance, you boom, you hit it, you hit it, you hit it. It's fantastic. You know, the weight, the weight is on the other end, and it's, it really, you really drive into it. And, again, your low back feels fine when you're doing it. You're not straining your low back. It's, it's really good. And one more piece that they make, which I would talk about, would be the, uh, the Power Trainer. The power trainer, you can do, you can actually do bench presses on it. You can do deadlifts on it. And it has spinning handles, so you can actually do cleans on it without throwing your back out because the handles spin and, and enable you to actually make the transition in the mid-range to, to the chest and shoulder area without jamming your low back. So that's another machine that's really, really good. So I recommend it. And the V-Squat, anyone who gets a chance to try it should give it a try. It's really, it's really great. Yeah, some machines are big in the strength and conditioning community. You'll you'll only find them there. You'll only find them at colleges or or pro, you know, athlete weight rooms, but you won't find them in regular gyms. So thanks a lot, Drew, about the uh, Powernetics and the V-Squat. Another machine that you told me you're pretty impressed with is the, the, the Nautilus Explode deadlift machine. Tell us about that. Oh, yeah, that machine... It's interesting. I have it, and I have it on a slight incline. It's just, it's just the way I have so many machines. It works on a on a slight in, incline. I just want to say one thing quickly. One thing off of the topic. When when Bob, when I first called Bob, he wrote an article in Hard Gainer talking about how his place is as tight as tight like a Swiss knife, Swiss Army knife. And I got so excited to call him because he had he had as many machines as I did, and it was packed with equipment. And that's how originally we started talking about equipment. That he just had a, he just had a ton of stuff. So it was really it was really cool. Now back to the uh, you know the that machine the deadlift machine you know that deadlift machine the explode uh, deadlift is you know I have it on a slight incline, and so it makes it even harder because it's you know you're on the bottom of the machine lifting it up. But it really, it really works you hard. It's not a, it's not one of those machines that's a plate waster where you just throw plates on. You know, if you do it right, again, it's like one of those things you have to train these machines right because any machine can be butchered, any machine can be cheated so badly that you know you do things that you really aren't even doing. It just, it just appears that way. But the weight's really not going up like that. So if you do it right and do it with good form. This machine is is really really effective. I mean, I, I feel it in my traps. I feel it in my legs, hips, back, and uh, it, you know. And again, I'm on a slight incline with it, but you don't have to be. And, and the machine, you know, the machine usually that usually gets taken by people is the uh, hammer strength deadlift piece. And this is a bigger version. It looks bigger than the hammer strength deadlift piece, and I like it more. I like it more. I feel, you know, it's harder. I feel you get more muscular involvement. And uh, while the hammer piece is not a bad piece, but I'm not saying that at all, it's just not the, the same thing. This machine, you just really, you really get a workout, and it hits you the way it should. I mean, when, you, when I'm done with that, I'm, I'm, I'm dead. If I go from that to the Dominator, I'm going to be completely shot. You know, my hips and my obliques. And my back and my shoulders, I'll just, you know, I don't need more than eight or ten minutes to do this. I can do both those machines, and literally, I got it. that's a great workout where my whole body will, will actually be sore, and that's off eight, nine, ten minutes of work. The problem is most people just won't believe that they can get it done in eight, nine, ten minutes. 
they think they have to do it, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with taking an hour to do a workout. But, you know, people just won't believe, though, that you can also get it done in 8, 9, 10 minutes, and you really can. It's a, one, of the thing, one of the truths is if you're training really hard, you don't need to do much. That's all I do. I do. I'll do two or three movements, and I'll mix up the movements, and I'll use the power trainer. You know, I'll use that power trainer, and I'll even occasionally do cleans on there. Now, if I did cleans with a bar, I'd, I'd injure my back at some point. But on this machine, I can do cleans, and my back is fine. So it really works, and uh, that, that, the two or three movements is all I need to do. I wish, listen, there's a part of me that wishes, you know, I, I did, did an hour's worth of training, 45. I love training. You know, but, you know, what satisfies me is the results are great, and I'm exhausted after I do the two movements. So, you know, that's all I really have to do. And I'll do sets of 30, sometimes sets of 50. You know, I mix it up. So it's not just a set of 20 or a set of 15. There are times where I'm doing 50 reps in the dominate. You know, in the dominator, I'll do a set of 50 rotate rotations, and I'll do a set of 50 in the deadlift. And that, I mean, that's that's you know, that's going to be brutal. That's all I really need to do. Drew, I love the term you just used. Another classic. You said it's not a plate waster. That's a that's a great right. one. Yeah, I know. I know some of these machines, especially leg press machines, you got to put the whole gym on the machine just to get enough weight for a workout. So I love that, a plate waster. But, but the old Southern exercise machines, they were the opposite, remember? You'd put on less oh, than half what you'd net less than half what you'd normally put on, like 200 pounds and the true squat was like <laughs> 400. But see, some of these machines we just mentioned back in the day, they were the best machines. It's just that like when you said you met me yeah, that that was pretty cool. That was back in uh, 94. Like, I first met wow. Drew in 1994, I think, when I when I wrote my first Hard Gainer article, and that's what you saw, and it was about me having all the stuff crammed in my house. That's before I even had a commercial gym. I had it in my, you know, around my bed like you. That's what it was, because I, I was living in my gym, and I had it crammed in there, and then you called me from New York, and ever since then, we've been talking and been good friends. It's been like 20 years. Right. Back then, you, you, you're the one who got me to use some of these machines because back then I had almost all free weights and, and Jubinville uh, equipment, and I had no machines. But then I got the True Squat, and I got a bunch of hammer stuff, and uh, mainly from you. So, you know, back then, the True Squat probably was the best squat machine and some of the stuff we used, but that's 20 years ago. Now, you know, things have improved, and so I'm glad you like that new... Uh, that new V-Squat machine. I would recommend to anyone who wants it, though, they see if they can get it in a in some kind of fitness depot place because the machine is, the plate-loaded version is over $3,000, and with shipping and tax, you're talking a $4,000 hit just to get the machine. So, and I know that there are some fitness depots all over, you know, in different parts of the country that probably would carry it, and you could probably get it for $1,500. So, you know, you got to check these places unless you want to buy a new machine and spend all that money, which is, it's really, that's an expensive machine. Drew, we got time for one more question. Speaking of expensive machines, but great machines, let's revisit our trip to the DeLand area. Remember the trip you and me made when you were down here visiting me? And let's revisit your favorite machine, the Pit Shark. Oh, yeah. Bob Bob and me went down. I, when I was visiting Bob, we found out where uh, the inventor of the pit shark is, and he welcomed us to his house. And uh, yeah, that's a great machine. The pit shark, I mean, if you're going to do hip belt squats, there's no hip belt squat out there that's as good as the uh, pit shark. It's so smooth. 
and it hits you so hard without the, but it has a feeling of like it has a feeling of uh it doesn't have the feeling of like the typical hip belt squat it's um you know it really is a great machine i i recommend it you can also do deadlifts on it you can do deadlifts and you can do hip belt squats you can do prone rows he sells a board that slides into the machine you can lie on the board and do prone rows and it uh it'll hit you really hard and um he's even made it now uh he keeps changing it up and adding things to it. So now I, I, there's another thing you can do on there. He just added it recently, and um, I mean, you know, I have I have the I have the version where I can do the prone rows and I can do the deadlifts and I can do hip belt squats. And uh, he has a thing where you can do uh, 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 pull ups, or you can do actually like like chins in there. He's really uh he really made a machine that you know is is multidimensional. So that machine you can get and that's I think that machine is it's expensive but definitely worth it. It probably goes for about 3 grand, 31, 3200, maybe a little more than that. But it's great for a, it's great for a gym, it's great for a home gym. I mean, it's hardcore and you're not going to get hurt using it. It's it's really a a great piece. Thanks a lot, Drew. I guess we'll wrap things up. It's always All a right, pleasure, Bob. Drew, and thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate it. I'll speak to you soon. Don't be a flamingo. You have to do your squats. Don't be a flamingo. Real lifters work their legs. That's going to do it for this edition of Natural Strength Night on MindForceRadio.com. Please bookmark that website, MindForceRadio.com. Bob is always looking for new writers for NaturalStrength.com who are old school, hardcore, write with passion and have a strong anti-steroid stance. He also wants your training questions so they can be answered on the show. Please send your articles and training questions to Bob at mindforceradio at earthlink.net. Thanks for listening. See you next time.